welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Every day to define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you. Yo, what's going on world? Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast We are on episode number 75 um, Yeah, we are on episode 75 Because I have yet to put out 74 Or by the time <laughs> you guys hear 70 Or by the time you guys hear this episode 74 will be out but as of Monday, <laughs> February 26th, I have not yet edited episode 74. But I'm going to do that as soon as I finish recording this episode. But um, it's, been a, it's been kind of a meh weekend. And then yesterday got even more meh. Uh, I was about to head out last night to go out with some co-workers. We're going to hang out, watch the Walking Dead premiere. And I got... About two blocks out of my neighborhood before I got pulled over and hit with a repairing order. So that was fun. Um, so I had to go get that fixed <laughs> this morning. Um, but that's just all taken care of. But it kind of just blew my mood. Let's offer this the third brake light in my window. Like the really small brake light in the window. Like nobody cares about that brake light, bro. Like, that was a state trooper that pulled me over. Like it wasn't even like a regular cop car. So I, I was, was feeling some kind of way. But <laughs> it is it is what it is. Like I went and got that taken care of. But um, so I, had to, I I just turned around. I didn't even go out with my coworkers because I didn't want to risk getting pulled over again. Because the road that uh, the main road where I live by a um, lot of lot of camping cops over there didn't want to risk being pulled over again. So I ended up going back home, watching The Walking Dead at my own house. You know. Uh, it was a cool episode. Um, I, I do feel like at this point I'm watching The Walking Dead, kind of just because I've been invested in it for so long that I just feel like I have to finish it. Um, I mean, spoiler alert. I'm sorry, I'm spoiling everything. If you haven't watched the episode yet, you should probably cut this part off. Um, but as as uh, as we all knew, you know, Carl well went went on and kicked the bucket. Um, kind of sucked. I feel like Carl was kind of just you know, within the last few seasons, kind of grown into his own, and then, you know, he, uh, he, he gets sent over yonder, <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, it, it was a, it was a decent episode, we'll, we'll see how this, this season turns out, I feel like The Walking Dead is kind of, kind of flatlined a little bit, um, like I said, at, at this point, I feel like I'm just watching it just to watch it, but, you know, premiere was cool, uh, I'm definitely watching the rest of the season, just because I've been invested in it for this long, but that's, that's it, I don't, want to ramble on about the walking dead but you know if you haven't watched it it's, it's, it's a cool episode and we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens the rest of this season um i guess before i get started uh as always gotta throw on my plugs um as always you can check out this podcast on youtube soundcloud itunes if you're on itunes please rate subscribe and leave a review emails can be sent to dojo talk podcast at yahoo.com and if you want to hit me up on Twitter, I am at Serial Sensei on Twitter. And we also have the face group, Facebook group. So if you want to look us up on Facebook, just go in your search bar, type in Dojo Talk Podcast, and you will find us there. So, yeah, that's uh, 
pretty much all I got. Well, you know what? Before I get started, just to throw in some quick uh, words of wisdom with me having to deal with this um, repair order and things like that. I realized something this morning. Uh, I'm recording this on a Monday, and luckily I'm one of like the few people on Earth who I feel like has off on Mondays, which is great. Get to avoid the Monday blues. In exchange, I have to work Saturdays, but that is what it is. It doesn't really bother me that much. But um, wake up early, man. If <laughs> on your off days, if if you, if you I, know, I know sleeping in good feels awesome, you know, getting that that quality pillow bonding time in. But I'm telling you, man, if you can get up on your day off at like six o'clock and get your day started, you'll get so much done, man. You'll get so much more done. I'm recording this. It is about to be 12 p.m. Probably at least by the time one o'clock, two o'clock rolls by. I pretty much have done all of the adult things that I needed to do. And then I can just have the rest of the day to just kind of BS around. So, you know, just, just a quick tip, man. Wait, wake up as early as you can on your days off. I, I promise you, it's it's worth it. You'll, you'll get so much more done. With that being said, let's, uh, let's jump into the show. So, we got movie reviews, album reviews, and I'm throwing a recommendation at the end. It's a new segment I'm trying to get in on these solo podcasts. Um, so we're going to talk about Black Panther. I'm going to talk about Sky Zoo's album in celebration of us. Uh, Sylvan LeCue's apologies in advance. And I'm not going to give away the recommendation yet. You got to stick around to the end if you want to hit a recommendation. So we are going to start with the big dog. Um, we go, we're going to get the movie talk out the way, man. Um, note, spoilers are coming everywhere. So if you have not seen Black Panther at this point, first shame on you second skip this part um because i might throw out some spoilers that you probably don't need to hear so um i hope you guys can't hear this in the background dumpster people are outside being loud as ever (laughs) but let's uh let's 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 get into black panther man um for those who have been sleeping under a rock or if you've been like in a coma the last year or two um, maybe you're just now waking up and you don't know what Black Panther is. Uh, Black Panther is the latest and newest Marvel movie um, directed by Ryan Coogler. And it stars people such as Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Lupita uh, Nyong'o, probably butchering her last name, my bad, <laughs> Daniel Kaluuya, Letitia Wright, Angela Bassett. The list goes on and on. Forrest Whitaker, Winston Duke. A lot of great people, basically, uh, in this movie, and I'm not really gonna go into like the back history of, of Black Panther. Like, I feel like if you're in the know, you know. It. Actually, you know what? You know what? That's that's not fair. Cause I'll say a lot of people, a lot of people don't really, at least who I know, don't really know a lot about Black Panther. Um, and to be honest, like when I saw this movie, I was trying to remember like what was my first exposure to him, and I, I can't. I can't like pinpoint an exact thing, but like I just remember seeing him probably like around the time I want to say I was like a teenager, probably in like a comic book somewhere. Like I, I can't remember like the exact time or moment that I saw him, but I just always used to think of him as, as oh, he's like the black Batman, but kind of better. <laughs> you know, he, he's got the money, he, he's, he's out there balling in Wakanda, he's got the technology. You know, he was pretty much I, I always used to think of him when I was a teenager he was just like the black Batman um, but back then I never thought he was going to get a movie like I never thought he would be 
a character that Marvel would give a movie like not you know we all knew like Iron Man and Thor and Hulk and all those guys would get movies I didn't think Black Panther was was anywhere near that list but hey man here we are some forever and a day later and <laughs> Black Panther man he, he made his debut in Civil War he lit the world on fire and now he's, he's got his solo movie so let's let's just talk about it man um I mean the movie was fire <laughs> like we, we can just start there I can ease all tensions for anybody thinking I might have hated it no this this movie was this this movie was fire man like I love this from start to finish um and just to throw out a, a quick uh, money figure um last I checked this movie has cl- eclipsed the 700 million dollar mark um so that's awesome like they're 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 that billion is creeping man they're they're getting there i think they might get it to be honest i didn't think they were going to hit a billion when this first came out i had that debate with a couple people i didn't think they were going to hit a billion but it's looking like it's it's at least within reach um and i'll I'll say it's well deserved man i this movie for me just kind of getting straight to it um I, i just enjoy that this was a superhero movie but like it didn't feel like a superhero movie and i mean that in a good way like the characters i thought you know were really really well portrayed and they had you know really like interesting backgrounds they were very fleshed out they were very like human and just like relatable and i kind of felt that about the story as you know we see t'challa he becomes the new ruler um, new king of wakanda and he's just kind of you know trying to figure out how is how what's the best way to run this kingdom now how can i improve on what my father did and you know how can i correct his mistakes so on so forth so i just felt like there was a lot there was a lot going on other than oh we're just cool superheroes and we can fight and we can jump high and we're really strong like there was i felt like this this had a lot more depth in in my opinion than a lot of the other um Marvel films or really just like other superhero films in in general um so yeah I I thought that was dope that like you you really got a chance to connect with the characters like you you get to see T'Challa kind of you know he becomes the king of Wakanda but then like they they have the scene where you know he goes to visit his dad um after they you know he's in that that, like magical sand or whatever and he's talking to his pops and he's just kind of like like I, he was just real human. Like he's like, I don't know if I can do this. Like I don't know if I'm ready. And his father is assuring him, like you know what, like you'll be fine. Like I, I pretty much prepared you for this moment, and you know you'll you'll be good. And you you get to see him go through that process of trying to gain that confidence that he can lead his people and you know continue on the legacy, so on and so forth. Um, so I thought that 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 part was cool. Um, like I said, man, this was just a really good movie that just like it didn't feel like a superhero movie it was just a really good movie that just happened to have superheroes in it and i felt like it was really well paced like i think the movie was two hours and 14 minutes long but it didn't i didn't feel like i was sitting in there for a long time everything kind of moved along uh pretty well um and like i said I, i think the all of the characters like everybody in this movie just did a really good job man um I, I won't get into Killmonger yet. Um, I like actually. I guess I'll talk about Wakanda for a bit, man. I really, Wakanda itself was really dope. How they kind of unveiled it, like when he's flying in the their little 
spacecraft, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, they put on this front like Wakanda is this third world country. But then when he flies there, you, you see how beautiful it is. You see how, like, advanced it is. And it was it was just really awesome. Like, the visuals in this movie were so good, man. They were... Wakanda looked great. Um, I even like, like, the... Like I said, the scenes where he... Uh, when they drink the the herb and they, you know, you get to see, like, your ancestors. I like how that, that field look when he saw his pops. Um... Just visuals in general in this movie were amazing. It was very well shot. Shout outs to Ron Cooler, man. Dude's been on a roll directing movies. And he, he visually, he knocked this one out the park. Um, so visuals were on point. Uh, pretty much I liked every character too, man. Like, of course I, I like the Black Panther because he's the Black Panther. Um, Lupita's character, um, her being, you know, kind of Black Panthers. I guess she was like his ex. Um, or whatever, but she was awesome. I, I kind of liked her, her role in this movie. Um, her kind of she was a, a big part of T'Challa's growth as like a king, and her trying to trying to persuade him and get him to realize, like, listen, I know Wakanda. We've been in secret this whole time, but we can share a lot of what we have with other people. And meanwhile, you know, T'Challa's kind of on this. You know, Wakanda is the way it is. It's because we don't really mess with outsiders. You know, this is how we stay strong. We kind of just keep within ourselves. And she's kind of like, you know, that's that's cool and all. But there are other people that could really use what we have here in Wakanda. And we should probably help them out. So I thought it was her, her part was just really important in terms of helping T'Challa like grow as a person, as a king. And getting him to kind of see things from a different angle. Um yeah like i feel like all of the characters in this movie like they all had a purpose like nobody was really there you know like just to be there like everybody had a a role a purpose you know as, as a reason why they were why they were there so like i didn't feel like anybody was wasting screen time so to speak um so yeah i thought her character was dope man um course michonne i'm gonna refer to her as michonne <laughs> her her character was awesome man she she's out there on that general tip you know the the super loyalist to wakanda even after wakanda falls to killmonger man she you know she she stays loyal to the she stays loyal to the kingdom no matter who's sitting on the throne um she was out there bodying people too man i love the 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 scene where they were at like the casino and she's out there catching bodies like <laughs> michonne was in here she's putting in work man her her character was was awesome man just like that real she was just like that person in, in the movie like yo don't don't mess with her yo, she will she will give you that business <laughs> so like her her character was really good man I, I just love to see how everybody like interacted and just how like the how everybody just kind of worked together and how the interaction was between all the characters um but I can't talk about characters without that everybody's talking about him and he was my favorite person in the movie um Michael B. Jordan is Killmonger man this dude from the second he showed up in the movie you just you just knew he was he was about to set it off man and I could go I could go on a long time about the things like the subtle things um about this movie that I enjoyed uh, of course the Killmonger's very first like scene in the movie where he's at the museum and they're looking at the artifacts and he's talking to the lady and <laughs> they're looking at the artifact and 
he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and take this off you. And she's like, oh, well, these aren't for sale. And he's like, oh, you thought your ancestors, you know, bought this? <laughs> like, it was so, he was just so raw with it. Like, and there were a lot of moments in this movie, I think, that were just, it were very black, <laughs> to say the least, man. It, it was just really raw, but it was dope to see on the screen. Um, but his character, man. I'm I'm definitely a, a villain person. Um, villains for me can like make or break movies, or make me decide how much I like them or how much I dislike them. Um, and coming into this movie, um, I wasn't too familiar with his character. Um, in the comics that I have of Black Panther, like the main villains of pretty much see are Claw and maybe some other people uh, running around, but I wasn't really too familiar with Killmonger's character. But I really enjoyed, man, like what he brought to this film. Um, man, it's, I don't even know where to start. His character made me think of, of, of so much because he's kind of like he's one of those villains that's like a, 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 I enjoyed that he was a complex villain. He wasn't just like, oh, I'm evil. I want to annihilate people like he he had a lot more going on with him than just the simple you know, just as, like the simple hoorah that we see in typical, you know, superhero movies. Like he had a purpose and a reason why he was the way he was. And you see that you find out that he is, you know, legit a part of this Wakandan bloodline. But it was kind of like hidden from him. And once he finds out, you know, he kind of figures like, yo, I should I should be able to take this throne like I have every right to. And then that way you kind of sympathize with him when you kind of find out that you know, his pops gets gets killed and people of Wakanda, or at least a few people of Wakanda knew about him and they just cho chose to leave him in Oakland. And <laughs> so you kind of get why he grows up with his bitterness because he just, he feels this disconnect like I should be a part of this this culture, but you guys got me stuck here in America, in Oakland. And more importantly, which uh, was a, a big like commentary on the film of how the, you know, we got, you know, you, you guys are in Africa out here living life. And meanwhile, the people, you know, across the world that look just like you, we're out here in America getting getting beat on, getting discriminated against. Like everything's terrible for us here and you guys could really help us out. But you just been over there just kind of hiding. And so you get to see like why he kind of has this angst about him and. And, and that way it makes him and that way like, you kind of I don't say relate but like you just you understand where he's coming from and why he is the way he is albeit his methods <laughs> aren't you know the most humane um but like you just you understand him as a as a villain and it makes him it makes him that much better of a character um it was his character really just made me think of really think of a lot of things um particularly like the relations between like an African that's like from Africa and as opposed to like African-Americans that were just born and raised like in America who don't have much of a connection like to their homeland so to speak because um, I remember at first thinking like how he just kind of stood out in the movie as to where like everybody from Wakanda like they're real they just they carry themselves different and he comes in he's real like he's real like braggadocious he's real blunt he's really forward and it just it kind of reminded me of um kind of reminded me of like my high school where 
we had like it, it would be crazy you would look in the lunchroom and it was almost like segregation never left but it was even segregation even between even between black people as like people who were like african like really from africa they had like their own group and meanwhile the rest of us kind of had our own thing going on and it was kind of weird how like it seemed i'm gonna say it was a beef but there seemed like it, it was at least back then like some kind of disconnect like we didn't we all didn't i guess get along maybe as much as we should and they, it was just it, we were different kind of like we were the same but we were different and i i, I kind of just i got that a lot from um from killmonger and his relationship with t'challa and kind of like wakanda in general how like he's technically he's a part of that bloodline but he's 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 not the same as them um i just love how he came in and just took over like <laughs> he he came in man and he i love how he just he gunned straight for the for the throne and took it and i, I thought that just made him such a dope character um yeah man he 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 was awesome like he he was such a good character um i could spend a lot talking about him that might take up like this whole podcast but <laughs> yeah man. michael b jordan did an amazing job as killmonger he's easily one of my favorite marvel villains um in the cinematic universe and uh, i hope they find a way to bring him back man um i feel like they never really technically show him die in the movie like you see him die on the you know with him as child at the end but they, they can probably bring him back i hope so he, he was a really just really good villain man um i loved um uh what was her name uh, was it Letitia right I think she was the one who played um who played T'Challa's uh younger sister um she was awesome just being like this brainiac genius of Wakanda's designing all the technology designing his suit um I kind of like how her I liked her and T'Challa's relationship as to where T'Challa's like this king but I feel like she doesn't really I don't say she doesn't acknowledge it but, but they still just kind of have that brother sister relationship where she's like yeah, you're the king, but you're kind of still my brother, so I'm still going to pick on you, and, you know, we're still going to have that dynamic, so I, I thought that was really dope, they had a lot of funny moments, when she hit him with the what are those, <laughs> when he was rocking the sandals, um, and then when she had him uh, kick the suit, um, but yeah, I, I thought that was dope, man, I, I really, really, really enjoyed her character, um, like I said, man, I enjoyed everybody in here, man, um, Winston Duke's character, and Baku, <laughs> he was a beast man really funny guy but he was also he was also about that life um i, I feel like as of now the I, I call it a bark but it's not a bark you, you know the scene i'm talking about with the cia agent he made them <laughs> made him be quiet I, I feel like that's a that's a thing now <laughs> but his his character was awesome man like i said man everybody in this movie was just i, I really I even enjoyed claw because I didn't watch a lot of, uh, I've waited a ton of trailers for this movie, I did, so like when I first saw the original teaser, I didn't even know that was Claw, so I thought that was dope that he was at least in the movie, um, and I, I enjoyed his character too, he, he was kind of a bit over the top, but like I, I still enjoyed some of his hum humor with him talking about, oh I got, got my SoundCloud mixtape, <laughs> all that all that craziness, and him making it rain um, after he blew up the briefcase and all the money came out, uh, so I enjoyed his character while he stuck around before killmonger sent him over yonder <laughs> but yeah man like this oh this movie was just it was it had a really just good story it, it like i said man the, the best way i can put it is it, it didn't feel like a typical superhero movie but that's why i liked it man it was just a really good movie with really great characters that just so happen to have some superheroes in it 
but there was so many like i said it would take me forever to to dive into <laughs> everything in this movie where there were just a lot of subtleties to like black culture and like black history and things like that that you pick up throughout the movie and it just made it like that much more enjoyable um see i mean i, I think this movie is, is it is really important man i, I not, i'm not trying to be one of those people like oh it's so much more than a movie and it's gonna change the world and i'm not gonna go that far but i, I think it, it does definitely hold some kind of importance to it um me growing up there weren't a, a ton of superheroes who i could point to that looked like me and i know a lot of people don't think representation matters it's funny i always hear that from people who are represented <laughs> but <laughs> that's another story but um no it, it definitely does matter man when you it, it definitely matters um you you feel more involved and i don't know it's i can't really explain it but it, it definitely matters like i said when i was growing up the only black superheroes i, I remember were i mean we had blade with marvel um we had spawn who wasn't really a hero he's more like an anti-hero um i think like the first black superhero i even remember uh, it's a comic book called Shadowhawk back in the day that my older brother had, which I actually just ordered online because I wanted to go back and read it. So shout out to Jim Valentino. I think he's the writer, uh, original creator of that. But yeah, man, like there, there's, there weren't a ton of us, uh, at least who were like popular. I mean, yeah, like <laughs> Black Man and Meteor Man, <laughs> but it was nobody like there was nobody who had like the hype of a Black Panther. Um, not even like Storm from X-Men, I could say. And she was awesome, too. But black panther I, I think for this generation is i think it is it's great that kids from this generation I, I have two little brothers and they'll be able to grow up and they'll have like a mainstream black superhero to look up to and i, I think that's that's really awesome and i i, I think that'll hopefully that'll in, inspire some people and i i think also this movie will put to rest the whole this whole myth that I don't know people of color can't sell movies or like minorities in general movies don't sell like that's that narrative has been trash the whole time <laughs> but now like you, you can't deny it like 700 mil this movie hasn't even been out for like two weeks or I think this is going on the second week and like the movie's still keeping steam still getting ticket sales like I said it's 700 mil you, you can't deny it anymore so I hope this does maybe start some kind of shift as to where maybe more minorities, you know, will get a chance and not even just like superhero movies, just movies in general that, you know, we'll, we'll get other stories being told that haven't been really like pushed in the mainstream all that much. Because I think I think a part of the reason this movie sold aside from <laughs> everybody who's black probably was out there supporting. But I think. I think we're in this age now, you know, it's definitely the creator's age, but I think a lot of people are just yearning for something different than what we've been getting for these last, you know, decade, two decades, however long you want to put a timestamp on it. Like, I, I think people are just yearning for something different, and this was just a, a breath of fresh air to see that was something not so typical of what we normally get from a superhero movie. Um, so yeah, man, this this movie was awesome man it 
I might do another podcast. I'm thinking of because there's a lot more I think to talk about with this movie, but I don't want to spend <laughs> the entire time. It's oh, my mom was at the 30 minute mark now talking about this movie, but like it's, it's so much more to dive into. But um, I went, I saw it twice, man. I saw it Thursday on the opening day, and I saw it again that Saturday, um, and it was well worth it both times. Both times, I even enjoyed it better the second time. Um, I will say real quick in closing, as much as I like the movie, I, I do want to be fair. Um, just a few things I wish, uh, just a few minor gripes I have with the movie. Um, I kind of wish we could have saw more of like Wakanda. And I mean like the life of like the everyday person, which I, I get might have been hard to fit in that story. But because I feel like, you know, they had the scenes where, um, where T'Challa um, and Lupita were like walking through Wakanda through the streets. But I kind of just wanted to see more of the area, more of the people, more of like what those people were doing. Um, I feel like it was there, but we didn't get to see it like enough. You know, it was you, you got the gist of what it was. But I, I kind of just wanted to get maybe like a, just a small, deeper look into it. Um, and my only other gripe with this movie, man, and I kind of have this gripe about a lot of superhero flicks. Uh, maybe not all of them, particularly um, I have the same gripe kind of with batman a little bit to, to a lesser degree but um i didn't the cgi for the fight scenes bothered me just a little bit um only because like and i always use batman and black panther as, as examples because of like their their background their character backgrounds um these are two dudes who are like master martial artists like these are two dudes that can scrap <laughs> and i just i, I feel like the the fight choreography just i feel like the cgi kind of took away of what it could be like i would feel like we really should have saw t'challa like legit like on some martial arts tony job <laughs> something something wild like that man like I, that's the only thing that kind of bothers me with a lot of superhero movies in, in regards to superheroes that have like martial arts background it's like they don't i feel like that's the one thing they don't always hit they don't always hit the nail um on the head with like i want to see that final to me that final scene with t'challa and killmonger like that just should have been some legit like martial arts choreography like these two two dudes should have really been scrapping it out instead of just kind of having the cgi fight and then don't get me wrong like a lot of the action sequences in this movie were really dope like i said anything michonne was in she was catching bodies and of course the, the war scene when um you know the two tribes were, were clashing and like killmonger and the people he who were on his side were you know clashing with the other uh, soldiers that scene was dope uh killmonger scene of course when they fought for the title of black panther those scenes were good but i, I just feel like that t'challa should have really been throwing hands and feet man like <laughs> and yeah and i kind of had that gripe about american films in general um i don't like the way they edit their fight scenes that that jump edit stuff man we gotta cut that out <laughs> we gotta cut that out i guess i'm spoiled because i grew up watching like martial arts flicks and i feel like in asian cinema they kind of i feel like they just do a, a overall better job of shooting fight scenes and making them a lot more fluid but that, that's just a, a monogram it's not that the action was bad i just I, I really wanted to see black panther on like some legit martial arts type stuff but like i said those, those are just monograpes other than that man this, this film was amazing um i've been trying to figure out where i put it on my marvel list um it, it's pretty high up there 
I, I would say easily top five, possibly top three. Um, the only movie I, I, I'll probably put above this would be Winter Soldier. Um, but either way, man, th this was an amazing movie. Um, I'm so glad Black Panther got his his just due. Um, a lot like Wonder Woman, I was they were char characters that I really enjoy, and I was afraid that somehow their movies would fall flat or short of expectation. But this this hit it out the park, man. I loved it every second of it. Um, so definitely go see it. Take your kids to see it. Take everybody to see it, man. Go see it twice. <laughs> like we this 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 movie needs to be supported. It deserves to be supported, man. They they hit it out the park with this. And I'm pretty sure whenever a sequel comes, man, I'm in there. I'm definitely in there. So, shout-outs to everybody involved in that movie. Um, Black Panther was a hit, to say the least. Everybody did a phenomenal job. And, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I can't say enough. <laughs> I can't say enough good things about this movie, man. I, I just, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it and like i said i might have to do another episode on this because it's so much there, there's so much more to, to talk about in terms of like it's like i said a lot of just subtle things and references to black culture and that whole connection it's it's, it's a, it, it was a lot of, of little things to ingest but i i don't want to spend the entire podcast talking about it so i'm gonna have to back off but at the end of the day man black panther that that joint was fire it's just straight fire so go see it definitely go see it without a doubt go see it as soon as you finish listening to this podcast go go buy your tickets and just go see it man it's, it's an awesome movie but um yeah so that, that's my thoughts on on black panther and I, i'll end up getting carried away if i keep talking about it so <laughs> we we're gonna move on to the to the next topic uh let's let's get into some music talk first album on deck sky zoo and celebration of us um this is a follow-up I uh, believe to Peddler Themes, which is an EP that came out, I want to say, towards like the end of last year. Can't remember. I know it came out last year, I want to say, but um, that was a project for me. It was kind of eh. Like, I liked it, but it was not a lot really stood out, to be honest. Um, but I'm still a big Skazu fan. Um, he's, as I've, I've said before, I know I've reviewed uh, some of his projects before. He's probably like one of the most consistent artists that I've listened to in quite some time. Um, it's very rare his projects are a miss for me um so I was, I was still looking forward to this and it did not disappoint man i was especially like i said i, I thought peddler themes in my opinion was kind of lackluster but this was a great <laughs> great pick me up uh from that so uh, i'll just get right into the album man uh just give a shout outs to a few producers on here uh we had uh is it art mitchell or arty a-r-t-e mitchell uh, Ilman, uh, who he's worked with before, Apollo Brown, who he's worked with before and has a full-length project out with, uh, Tuami, it's T-U-A-M-I-E, sorry if I'm butchering your name, uh, Mark Infinite, or Mark Infinite, <laughs> so I'm probably messing up everybody's name, uh, Cardiac and Siege Monstrosity, um, production on this album, pretty, you know, typical of what you would hear Skazu rap over, um, very new york very east coast um like i said you got some head nodders you got some bangers you got a few smooth cuts um but it's just it's very well very well done uh very well done done production like it's, it's boom bat but it's, it's not like that it doesn't sound like dated or anything like that it's uh, still like a fresh sound 
um but you know it's like that typical just east coast sound but it's you know it's still refresh it still sounds new um nothing really too crazy i mean th there are some beats on here that i do absolutely love um but i i feel like the the star of the album is definitely Sky Zoo, but the instrumentation and everything as far as production on this album is definitely very well done. Um, but I feel like Sky Zoo is, is definitely the, the star of the show. Um, in terms of content, I mean, if you listen to Sky Zoo before, man, he, I feel like a lot of his albums, especially as of late, like they have a, a kind of like a narrative um, to them. Maybe not necessarily concept albums, but there's like an, an underlying like theme or narrative or kind of story that's being woven into the tracks and definitely you get a strong vibe on that from this album um literally like with the very first track um it starts off with uh, for one the first tracks like eight minutes long <laughs> kind of a long intro track but it sets the album up really good where you get to um you get to hear kind of the story um or the skit of basically uh Skazi's father um so the, the skit takes place literally before Skazu was born, and it's about Skazu's dad, and he's kind of hanging out uh, with his friends, and he's telling them how, like, he's about to get out of the street life because he's about to have a son, and, you know, like, he, he, he might hit a few more licks, but he's about to get out the game because he doesn't want his son to, to be around this and be around this life. He, you know, he wants him to stay on the right path, so on and so forth. So I, I thought that skit was really nice to kind of set the album up, um, and then it just kind of goes right into it. And really kind of in, in a similar vein to music with my friends but kind of different um I, I feel like this album is almost like a like a autobiography slash kind of just like a story um it, it may be specific to sky zoo but I, I think it's something that anybody can can grab something from you, you kind of he just kind of gives you this narrative of him you know him growing up you know maybe kind of chasing the allure of the street life and realizing that's you know probably not the best thing to do um but you also get moments of you know him talking about you know police injustice and racism um in particular there's a track called hoodie season which i'll get into which i really really enjoyed um of him kind of talking about the using the hoodie as almost like a symbol and kind of what that's been representing in black america and things like that but like i said it's, it's just a real kind of like personal introspective um but also uh really observatory um just kind of look at him growing up and the things he's he's noticing in life and different routes you can take and you know which route is the best route or you know what can i do to make it or if i do this it might get me in trouble it's like i said it's it's really he, he kind of attacks his taxes from all angles um like i said it's like his childhood and him growing up and like the lessons he's learning along the way and things that like his father uh has passed down to him and you know kind of like that just that that whole dichotomy but like i said he, he attacks he attacks it from all angles man so i really enjoyed the the content of the album like i said just a lot of a lot of street talk but like i said a lot of it is just him just preserving his surroundings um lyrically if you know sky zoo he, he, he's a wordsmith there's <laughs> no really other way to put it um yeah he, he's one of those dudes I, I can say though like when he raps it a lot of times i have to go back and listen just it's the the way he's it's the way like he his rhyme structure i think is really different than 
it's it's not many people i can think of that like just rap just the way he raps like there are a lot of lyricists but there's a certain way he his rhyme structure that i just think is just really different and unique to him um and a lot of times a lot of what he says will, will go over my head i'll have to go back and and like read his lyrics to kind of catch what he's saying because he he has a lot of clever punchlines but he doesn't deliver them in like a punchline way if that even makes any sense but um yeah man lyrically he, he's not slacking off like lyrically if you've been a skazoo fan you 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 know you know how he gets down and he doesn't he doesn't slack at all on this album like i said lots of content um lots of dope lines so i guess um yeah I, I, it's not even really a lot to get into like if you're a skazoo fan you know what he does and this album is just a continuation of, of what he's been doing this entire time um i, I do enjoy though he there, there were a few moments in this album where he he has some switch ups and i'll i'll go into those when i start talking about some of my favorite tracks but i did enjoy um because he, he's definitely one of those dudes that lyrically he kind of has that flow where he just he just kind of gets in the pocket and just kind of goes but he had a few moments in this album where he switched his flow up and i really enjoyed that i wish he would do that just a little bit more just to add you know a bit more diversity to his his albums i, I think it's a good look when he you know he, he kind of showed that he can he can do different flows he can experiment and do different things lyrically and still sound good at it like it didn't sound forced or like it, it wasn't natural like he he's just that talented of a, a lyricist that he can he can pull things like that off so um, I, I thought that was dope i thought that showed a, a bit of growth and you know just good experimentation on on his side um as an artist so that was that was pretty awesome to hear um yeah, i guess i'll just start uh <laughs> start to start going into some favorite tracks um the opening track everybody's fine uh which i mentioned earlier kind of like the intro track that kind of sets the whole thing off um yeah a lot of this track is him uh kind of like celebrating things that happen in the hood but also talking about kind of like the downfalls and pitfalls of things that can can happen when you're growing up and you might be around the wrong people um but he just kind of covers that whole aspect of things to celebrate in the street life and things that other things that may not go so well um i love the line uh fist in the air over mistakes or fist in the air over the jakes being vision impaired holding a tray and that tray pound lift up the fear from out his face and you vision impaired over a weight like oh yeah that that was a a really dope line i thought kind of i just kind of like his his way with words and how he just kind of described like losing somebody to uh is that vision impaired over a week about kind of like i don't know it's just the way he, the way he worded it uh it's it was just dope man i just i love the way he he kind of just words things like i said he's like i said his rhyme structure to me just is really different than than everybody else but it's, it's very there's a lot of imagery if you can like piece together what he's saying but i thought that's a good opening track to the album um albeit it was a bit long standing at eight minutes but you know i i get the point of it um so i'm, I'm, I'm not too mad at that um sound like uh, that's another good joint up here um i love the the ilman beat uh, ilman had a, a lot of um a couple of dope beats on here actually he did a, a good uh i want to say a good decent chunk of this album um so shout out to ilman i love the the beat on that one um track love is love that's probably like my favorite beat definitely a, a head nodder produced by cardiac um I kind of like how Sky Zoo was just kind of <laughs> flipping the word love around. Um, 
and just describing it in like these different scenarios and just the way the way he flipped it just his uses of the word love and the things that he was comparing it to um i love one of the lines was kind of towards like the end of the song where he said love me uh, like my son on the way when i see his charm and by the time you hear this he'll be in my arms same arms forever here where he belongs is the same arms that i'm a bear if you meet him harm so i thought that line was dope but like i said love, love is love definitely a track where he like i said just a lot of good uses of the word love i just love the way he flipped it and, and used it um the second half of this album definitely has some some really good cuts on it um following love is love uh, black sambo um and this was one of the tracks where he kind of uh flipped his flow a, a, a bit different than what you would normally hear from him so that was probably why this was uh one of my favorites on here like i said just, i just like how he kind of switched the flow up on this one he made it a bit different um and i like that beat too that beat knocks pretty hard so um don't have who produced that one um in front of me but um i love the beat and like i said i just, I just love how he he switched his flow up on that track um i like parks and recreations um really i like this song only <laughs> it kind of just reminds me of another song um one of my favorite albums is uh dirty acres from kind of linguist and uh they have a song called uh, the park and these two songs uh have that same sample in the beat so just hearing this reminds me of that album and that kind of alone just <laughs> kind of made me um, enjoy it. this is a real like really peaceful and serene kind of beat um so i definitely enjoyed that one just because it makes like it just, it's just brought up memories of uh that kind of linguist album um stick up tape for menace um pretty much <laughs> the track is about what you would uh would think it would be um of course using the the stick up tape for menace to society with uh you know kane and old dog in the store um and i just kind of like the content in the song where he's just kind of talking about like, listen if you're gonna do your dirt do your dirt get out don't get caught <laughs> you know kind of kind of that whole thing so uh i really enjoyed that track and like i said I just like how he kind of tied uh you know the menace to society theme with that track i think that that fit really well like i said like, the back half of this album man, the back half of this album got some gems on it um oh man i, I skipped crown holder crown holder is another uh don't join in here really kind of like braggadocious track i love that i don't remember the name of that sample but if you hear it you'll instantly recognize it um, anytime i hear that sample it's, it's a good thing so uh crown holder that was towards the beginning of the album uh, that's another dope track um another favorite on here might be actually this might be my favorite song man i really enjoyed this track hoodie season um and in this song he kind of he kind of like i said he uses the hoodie almost as like a a symbol and kind of like what it means to different people and i i, I guess to make sense of it how like you know certain people may see you dressed in a hoodie and they think a certain way about you like oh you might be dangerous but in his eyes um a, a lot in the song he refers to the hoodie as like a cape and it's like a form of protection and it keeps him safe from everybody so on and so forth i, I really enjoyed um like i said just how he brought the hoodie to life like it the hoodie became it's more than just a piece of clothing like he said he, he looks at it like a cape but the rest of the world kind of looks at it like you're wearing this oh you're a thug you're this you're that um so i really really just kind of enjoyed how he personified the hoodie um and i guess it kind of struck a chord because i wear hoodies a lot so <laughs> uh, i really 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 enjoyed um that track like this that's probably um that and love and Lo love is love 
um probably like my favorite cuts on here um and the closing track honor amongst thieves um kind of like the way the album starts um the album ends with another long track this one's like eight or nine minutes long um but it closes out the album very well um and then in this track um kind of in a similar vein where the intro track is his dad talking about how he doesn't want Sky Zoo to, you know, be in the streets, so on and so forth. Like he wants to raise him right. And then the last uh, track, Honor Amongst Thieves, the album closes, um, I think specifically on the second verse where uh, Sky Zoo kind of describes being in the streets and witnessing certain things. In particular, he, uh, I think he said like he witnessed um, either his friend or somebody he knew shooting somebody. And then he starts to think like, well, maybe I need to pack a gun because clearly it's not safe around here. And his dad kind of has to sit him down and let him know, like, listen, like if you, I don't want you to get involved in that because kind of once you get started in that kind of life, like there isn't, there isn't any turning back. Like once you're in, you're in and you know, you don't want to run around here having to pack heat. It's not a good feeling. You know, you might think it'll make you feel like a man or whatever whatever but you know that it's a lot that comes with that and he just, he really goes into detail i, I, I thought i'm um, just kind of describing and not even just about the gun just about life in general like these certain decisions that you make like these will impact you and you're gonna have to deal with these consequences sooner or later so um also the beat on this is really dope too but yeah i thought it was just it was a good way to like bring the album full circle and kind of wrap up the story of kind of like everything he just learned like growing up um and then at the end like once the the song finished he kind of just goes into this long talk kind of just describing his childhood about how um he grew up with his moms and his pops but they didn't live together so he would spend some time with his mom and learn certain things from her and then he would spend time with his dad and learn certain things from him um so on and so forth so i thought that was that was just it was a really just good way to to close the album like i said it, it just kind of completed the narrative of him describing just his experiences just growing up in his neighborhood and all the things he witnessed and just how all those situations kind of molded him into who he is now so i thought that was really dope um so yeah man i don't <laughs> i don't really got much else to say about this album other than skazu's got another another notch on his belt man um, i actually ordered my physical copy of this last week so i'm still waiting for that but um i would say yeah if you're a sky zoo fan you'll definitely enjoy this um if you're not a sky zoo fan i don't think this is a bad album to start with um this will definitely give you a good sense of what he's about um in terms of like his style topics you can expect to hear from him um like i said if, if you like east coast new york rap you like lyricists it doesn't really get much <laughs> much better or much more consistent than this um and celebration of us is another just really good project and and his line of albums that like i said he, he doesn't have a lot of slips man from he's got like this music with my friends dreams deferred if you go to his mixtapes like jj versus theo um the great debater like he just has albums for projects after projects after projects of just a lot of quality work and this is just another one <laughs> in the discography um definitely one of my favorite artists favorite lyricists um in hip-hop right now so shout out to Skazoo. 
uh, the album is called in celebration of us i will leave links down below so you guys can uh, cop the album listen to it so on and so forth definitely support good artists support good music um but yeah man albums albums dope really enjoyed it and like i said this is one that definitely grew on me the more i listen to it the more i've been enjoying it and going back to it so skazu and celebration of us give that a listen definitely go check it out uh next album and last album that i will be talking about today uh album is entitled apology ah, messed that all up <laughs> apologies in advance uh from sylvan lequeu um i want to say have a I don't remember if I've reviewed a Silver in the Cube project, but I know I've at least mentioned him on this podcast because one of his albums definitely made like a top 20 of mine. I, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned him before on this podcast. I, I could be wrong, but um, quick background on him. I mean, he used to go by the name Quest, um, but then within like his last couple of projects, he switched over um, to his real name, Silver in the Cube. Um, if you listen to um, his album, Searching Sylvan, which is probably that to me I, I still think that it's like his best work um and a really great album uh if you want to start getting into him if you're not a fan of him um searching sylvan is an amazing album and that album is literally like a story of like how his career has gone and how he had the whole situation situation with jermaine dupree back in the day and how that kind of fell through um so if you've never listened to sylvan the Q, go listen to searching sylvan first um like i said it'll literally give you a, a for one, this is literally probably his best album, best project that he's ever put out. Um, but you also just you get his story in terms of how he got in the game and things like that. But it's just it's also just an awesome, <laughs> awesome, amazing project. So um, go give that a listen. But um, so he had Searching Sylvan, uh, then he had Fall from Familiar, and this is the follow up to Fall from Familiar. Um, and I, I kind of enjoy how his albums are they're almost they're literally like a story, like. I feel all of these albums I think are connected in some kind of way. Like Searching Sylvan was his start in the game. Uh, Fall from Fall from Familiar was now he's in the game, but he's trying to figure out kind of like how to maneuver it and dealing with you know the pressures of I'm in the game and I'm trying to be known, but it's not as easy as I think it is. And you know he's having a lot of self doubt, things like that. And then we move on to apologies in advance. Which is kind of a continuation, I would say, of that, but a bit more specific. Not so much. Well, kind of specific to his career, but I think it's a lot more personal. It's specific to him. It's just like being a person and the struggles of <laughs> trying to just become a better person. Um, Apologies in advance is definitely, I would say, like a concept album. Um, it there are a lot of skits that play throughout the album. Plays out almost like an AA meeting but it's an AA meeting except not dealing with like addictions more so just dealing with like the human spectrum of emotions things like self-doubt um you know yeah like self-doubt depression not knowing if you're doing enough um struggling creatively struggling with friends and family and trying to balance that struggling with love and not even just like love of others like self-love and caring about yourself things like that um so i i think the content of this album i think overall uh this album does a really good job of kind of just displaying that 
wide range of emotion i think a lot of i think this project would resonate with a lot of people um especially nowadays where i feel like like mental health is becoming a thing that's uh, being discussed a bit more seriously than it has in the past and i think this album really drives that point home um so i think content wise this album will be able to reach and touch a lot of people um production wise i'm gonna give a few shout outs to the producers uh, not many that I saw. Uh, Sylvan McHugh uh, himself actually did a pretty big bulk of this project. Uh, other producers I saw were, I think this is Sky Hutch, S-K-H-Y-E, uh, Sky Hutch. Uh, I don't know if this is Bjornik, or B-J-R-N-C-K, uh, and Wishlead, or Wishlead. I'm sorry I'm butchering everybody's name today. But um, production on this album for me, this is the only thing that kind of was a hindrance, and it's... I feel like the production on this album is it's kind of a blessing and a curse um topically content wise though this album is pretty heavy like i said you're, you're dealing with like all of these like just different facets of emotions and like i said you have these skits where the it's pretty much like an aa meeting people have like a round table just discussing how they how they deal with things like you know guilt tripping themselves when they feel like they're not being productive them trying to figure out how they can be the best person them trying to figure out how to balance friends but still take care of themselves and like i said things like self-doubt um being a perfectionist like just all of these this wide range of emotion um plays throughout this album and the production kind of fits that but i think the one the only the, the drawback is as much as the album fits it fits the album it fits the content I think the production kind of it kind of has like this one track in my opinion it's like a, a, a lot of this album sounds really kind of like low really somber really like I said almost like it's just really low and heavy um, <laughs> but like I said it fits the song but I, I feel like it's not in terms of like mood switch ups it's not a ton of mood switch ups like this this album for me um kind of due to the production this isn't something i think i could listen to like every day i'll kind of have to be like it's a moody album i would have to be in the mood to to listen to something like this definitely like if you're in a maybe like a somber maybe like a reflective mood this would be something you would throw on but not necessarily something that you're gonna bang in the car every day this is definitely i, I feel like more headphone music if you're at home and you just like i said you're in kind of like that reflective mood this is something to throw on um so like I said, the production I think is like a gift and a curse. It, it works because it, it fits the songs, but the album just, like I said, for me personally, it just it doesn't switch up enough production-wise, which is I guess kind of hypocritical because if you've listened to any Silver the Cube projects, um, he's definitely known to do beat switch-ups throughout his songs, um, and that definitely carries on. And this album, a lot of the songs, the Beatles start off one way. And then by the time he gets to the second or third verse, the beat will completely switch up to something different. Um, and I, I enjoy that from him. I, I actually actually like uh, when he does the beat switch ups. But like I said, I, I just think a lot of the album is just, it's really, it's just really somber and just like really low key. Um, but then again, that could be what he was going for. And like I said, it, it fits the content of the album. So I get it. Um, it's just like sonically for me, it... I'm not gonna say it gets repetitive but like i said i, I kind of wish the mood switched up just a little bit more but that's kind of that's like my main hindrance uh, about the album um 
it's kind of like I said, the production fits, but it, I just, I wanted a bit more variety, but other than, other than that, man, everything else on this album, I thought was executed really, really well, um, and for anything that the production may lack, I, I think it makes up for content, which I said, like, it's, it's just, it's really heavy, it's really personal, but I think it's something that a lot of people will be able to relate to, and that way, I'm, I, I feel like this album will probably reach, um, a lot of people, because like I said, mental health is definitely becoming an issue that's being talked about more, and I feel like this album, like, it encompasses that, um, in a very well way, like, lyrically, I, I wish I had more quotes <laughs> from this album, I didn't get a chance to listen to this as much as I wanted to, there was so much music that I've been checking out for, like, these last couple days, or weeks, I should say, um, and I, I just, I wanted to make sure I talk about this, I didn't want this album to take the back burner, because I, I think people should definitely check it out, but, um, yeah, I wish, I wish I just had more, like, more lyrics, because he's, he's definitely a lyricist, and I think he does a good job, a really good job of conveying his emotions, and I just think it's really, really relatable. It almost, in a, in a vein, for anybody who's a Joe Budden fan, like, Move Music 3, this album, and, and they're not similar at all in terms of, like, rapping style or anything like that, but just as far as, like, the, the personal aspects of, like, Move Music 3, kind of like reminds me that on this where like it's really open it's really vulnerable it's really him just kind of laying it all out there about how he he deals with things like depression and self-doubt and you know just trying to make it through his day-to-day -day and questioning his decisions on whether he should do this or that and questioning his motivations whether he's doing the right thing or should he choose a different path um but yeah man I, I think he just he does a really good job of conveying all those emotions and makes the album really relatable i especially feel like if you're a, a creative person um i know that it a lot of tracks on this album hit home for me um with a lot of the, the topics that he talked about so i guess really i'll just uh i'll just go into uh some of the uh, my favorite tracks so let me scroll on down here um head games uh and a lot of these tracks you can kind of get what they're going to be about pretty much based on the title but um head games uh pretty much him talking about like you know the different battles that he has going inside of his head in terms of like directions he should take things he thinks he should do um like i said as a that that track is as somebody who kind of lives inside of their head to a fault <laughs> this this track definitely kind of uh kind of hit home for me um i also love the track selfish um I think this track is one of the most important tracks on the album in terms of talking about self-care and how sometimes it's good to be selfish. Like you need to take care of yourself before you can take care of other people. Um, I love the line where he talks about like his mom called him, telling him he needs to eat <laughs> more fruits and vegetables and things like that. But this track also hit it really hard at home for me. Um, self-care has been a big, big thing for me within like the last couple of years or two with like health issues that i've had and how i've kind of been like reversing those and kind of turning things around for the better so that track really really hit home for me um coffee break that's that's it might be one of my my <laughs> that might be a favorite I, I don't know if that's the number one but it's it's definitely up there um, I, I love the honesty in this track and him kind of going into his motivations for making music and you know he starts off you know kind of feeling like he's making music just to like chase the fame the glamour and the glitz 
and then the deeper he gets into it he's realizing like i should be using my platform for like a real purpose instead of these selfish motivations that i have um so i really 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 enjoyed that track it's definitely a favorite um grateful is another good joint on here which literally is you know about him being thankful in spite of how bad things can get you know you should remember how in spite of how bad things can get or how bad they are you should still be thankful for what you do have um and kind of how far you've come and how a lot of times we don't really take the time to look back and realize how fortunate we are um because we're so busy focused on the negative all the time so i thought that was really that's a really dope track that's another favorite um product of my environment um i like this track pretty much because i, I feel like out of all the tracks this one in terms of production i kind of like how dark it is and i feel like this beat <laughs> kind of bangs a bit harder than the rest of the album so that became a favorite just for me because i feel like this was one of the moments where i did feel like the the pace of the album the beat kind of it was just it was different it wasn't as it was still kind of moody but it just it i don't know it, to me it was just a little darker but like it banged harder than the rest of the album so it was it was like that switch up that i kind of wanted that i wish was happened a bit more but that was uh that's why i enjoyed that track i just i really enjoyed the production i like how it how that beat just kind of banged harder i, I loved how he was flowing on there um so that's another favorite uh perfect imperfections uh where he literally you know a song about kind of just accepting who you are and being proud of who you are in spite of you know your flaws and your downfalls and things like that um and i love the the closing track uh 555 um i like the line uh teeter-totter through peace and drama feeding water while my spirit ego wanders i be uh, i be chill pilling yet hardly i'm somber uh caught between the art of war and dalai lama and i, I thought that was just a good way I feel like that that one line i feel like i probably butchered a few of those words but <laughs> i feel like that one line kind of encompasses a lot of what this album is about um literally like yeah peace and drama caught in between the art of war and dalai lama like just that whole struggle of you know on one side i want to do this but on the other side i want to do this which way should i go so yeah man that that was a really just good closer to the album um i guess real quick before uh close up i also want to talk about the skits on this album um because that, that was the only other gripe i had on this album and it wasn't it wasn't that i didn't like the skits but i think my only other problem with the skits were the way this album flows um a lot of times you'll get a skit a song a skit a song a skit a song um and i guess for me especially like that first time i was listening to it i felt like i couldn't get in the groove with the songs because the skits were just coming after every track i mean and then some points you'll get a point where you'll get like two songs in a row then a skit um i i almost feel bad like i almost feel bad like not liking i didn't say not liking but having a, a grudge with the skits because they definitely serve a purpose they're very uh, much an integral part of the album but I, I i wish he would have maybe maybe not had so many and maybe spaced them out a little more because like i said it just when i'm listening to the album straight through and i just get skit song skit song skit song and they just it 
kind of took me out of the groove. I felt like I couldn't get into the groove of just enjoying the songs because the skits were just coming after every single track. I just wanted to hit a stretch where I would just get a few songs and then maybe hit me with a skit. But that's just me personally. But I, I get why the skits were there. Like I said, the skits are very important in terms of setting up the songs that come after them. Um, that's pretty much a lot of how the album flows is the skit will be about uh, this group, you know, talking about a certain topic. Uh, like I said, whether it be uh, them talking about, like I said, guilt tripping themselves, um, them talking about love, them, you know, talking about whatever. And then the preceding song, like the actual song, is pretty much like that conversation, but in song form. So I get the purpose of the skits, but I, I wish, in my opinion, just for me personally, that I wish he would have spread them out just a little bit more instead of having skit song, skit song, skit song, maybe have skit, song, 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 another skit. You know, just spread them out a bit more because it, it kind of it was just interrupting the flow of the album for me in those first few listens. Um, and actually, I, I would say this is one of those albums that I'm I'm really glad I didn't like review this off of like my very first listen um, because this actually took it took a while for this album to like grow on me. Like I said, uh, for the first few listens, I, I feel like I was just kind of tuning it out because like I said, the production was just it was really low, it was really somber. And I just I couldn't like get into it. It wasn't connecting. But the more I listened to it, and definitely the more I started like focusing on the lyrics, I started to find this album a lot more enjoyable. Um, and even as uh, I was setting up notes <laughs> to to review this album, I was just going back and listening to some of the tracks. This album is like it is consistently growing on me, and I'm, I'm finding it finding it much more enjoyable than I did those first few listens. So I'm glad I gave this album like time to sit with me. Um, so I would say, yeah, for anybody out there, like, if you don't like this album on the on the first few listens, like, let it sit with you for a little bit. Like, and this was one of the albums for me that I had to listen to a couple of times. I put it down. I went on some other stuff. And I was like, you know what, let me come back to this and give it another shot. And then when I came back and listened to it, I was like, oh, like, now it, it kind of clicks with me. I get it. I understand what's going on. You know, it, it just, it, it felt different than those first few listens. I think it was just... I don't know, it could have been, I might not have just been in the mood, because like I said, I think this is a very moody album, like this isn't something I think you'll necessarily like throw on every day, or like bang in your car every day, it's, it's I think much more suited for just like your headphone music, or so something to chill, vibe out to at home, when you're in that kind of, you know, introspective mood, but um, the album definitely did grow on me, um, but like I said, I, I can't undersell enough, I really, really enjoyed the content, and like just the idea of this album, and what the album represents i think that's really important um i appreciate that he's an, an artist that's kind of furthering the um furthering the talk of like mental health and, and things like that and i think that's just that's really really important so i definitely appreciate him for doing that um but like i said the album is, is very well thought out um it's very personal very open something that i, I think pretty much anybody can relate to and pull from so off that alone I, I, I that's why i wanted to review it and recommend it uh that people give this a listen because i'm pretty sure this will be something that anybody can pull from um and i, th I think he's, he's still underrated um his last three projects man and, and i'll say this and not as a, as a slight um as of now and this this could change because like i said this album's growing on me between search and sylvan uh, far from familiar and this album this might be my least favorite out of the three but it's not that it's like a bad album um, I think I just 
the album, I think from one searching Sylvan just kind of caught me by surprise. I didn't think that album was going to be like as great as it was. It kind of like blew me away. So I, I would say, like I said, his, I feel like his albums almost play out like stories. Like, I don't think if you're, if you're not a Sylvan fan, I don't think you should start with this. Go back and listen to Searching Sylvan first and just build your way up to this. Because I think this album will make a lot more sense if you hear those other two albums first. Because um, a lot of themes and even like some of the stories in this album pull from those other two albums. So this album will make a lot more sense in context if you listen to his uh, the other two he uh, put out first. But... Overall, man, it's, it's still a, a still a good project. Like I said, it took a little bit to grow on me, but I definitely find myself enjoying it more. Um, like I said, very relatable, very personal. Um, just a real, like, just intimate, kind of low-key, kind of somber album. But it's, it's, it's becoming something that I'm, I am going back and revisiting more. Um, so, yeah, man, shout-outs to the Silver and the Q. Like, dude, he's... he's I'm, I'm glad to see that after that whole... Because I remember listening to him when he was quest and hearing about him during like the whole that Jermaine Dupree thing and I used to listen to some of his songs and like I felt like for a while like he just kind of dropped off the earth and I was like man whatever happened to that dude so I'm glad to see that like he's back he's putting out really good projects he's putting out good content and you know keep grinding Ho hopefully he can he can blow up he can get a bit bigger I think he's definitely a, a really talented artist that more people should know about um like I said I always appreciate people with with good content so in the end that that's what kind of that's how the album kind of won me over like the content was kind of just able to overpower like kind of like the flaws and gripes that i had with this album but um yeah man Sylvan the q apologies in advance um it's like all the other albums i review i'll leave links below to uh any like the singles he got out or links where you can go purchase the album as always support good music man you know support the people who are putting out good product um so give apologies in advance to listen um hopefully you guys will, will find that uh pretty enjoyable and that's pretty much it as far as album reviews and movie reviews um so before i get on out of here um trying to introduce a new segment uh, at least on my solo episodes uh just do a little quick recommendation before i leave uh, recommendations uh, could range from just a song a movie just any random thing i see that I, I would you know like you guys to check out give a look uh won't be like a full length review just a quick something i'll throw out there and you guys can just go look at it see how you enjoy it um so this week my recommendation is actually a short film uh for all my martial arts heads out there uh this film is called gong shao dao um you may have heard of this um follow jet lee on facebook and within like the last year um he's posting a lot about this uh short film uh it finally came out uh, i want to say it was last week the week before sometime in february sometime this month um it came out i'm um, not been keeping tabs on it for a while um because it involves a, a lot of people who i'm a fan of um so i guess uh real quick uh gong chow dao it's a short film uh, directed the gentleman's his name Wen Zhang. Um, it was produced by Jet Li. Uh, people in the movie, uh, Jack Ma is the main character, but you also got uh, Jet Li, Donnie Yen, Wu Jing, Tony Ja, uh, Jackie Hyung, um, Asoru Akinori, Zhu Shiming, and Natasha Liu 
Bordizo. Bordizo. I might be butchering that. But <laughs> those are some of the names. And I was, I was excited just to see, you know, Donnie, Wu Jing, Tony Jai, like all in the same movie. I thought that was pretty awesome. So that star list alone made me want to check this out. Um, it's only like a 22 minute movie. Um, and it's pretty much like just a, a good ode to like Chinese, a good ode to Chinese martial arts. Um, kind of everybody just displaying their technique, so to speak. Uh, Jack Ma ends up at this, uh, I can't remember the name of the place, but basically he just fights, uh, different masters of different disciplines. Um, so of course you see Tony Ja do his Muay Thai. Um, he also fights a sumo dude, <laughs> uh, in here, which is pretty awesome. So I just thought this film was, it was pretty cool just to see it like a, just a, a ode to, ode to Chinese martial arts. And it just seems like they're trying to spread, you know, like their, their culture and their, their martial arts. Um, so I just thought it was, it was pretty dope. Like I said, it's, it's just a 22 minute film, uh, something you can get through really quick. Not really like an intricate story. Um, like I said, it's literally just him fighting these masters of these, these different disciplines. Um, and then you get a little, little random, like funny twist at the end. Um, but, uh, I'll leave a link below, uh, to where you guys can go check it out. Uh, they have the entire film on YouTube. Uh, once again, uh, the film is entitled Gong Shao Dao. That's G-O-N-G. S-H-O-U-D-A-O, all separate words, um, and I will leave a link down below so you guys can go check that out. So that is my recommendation of the week. And uh, yeah, that is pretty much it for today's episode. Um, got plenty of podcasts coming, more fight podcasts. Well, we'll have a, uh, well, we won't have a real break. Um, I think after the next fight card, um, we're going to get a break between, uh, I think it was the Cyborg and Kunitskaya fight. So there'll be a break between that one and the next one, but I'm pretty sure, um, there'll be a break in fights, but there'll still be stuff to talk about. Um, even if the UFC isn't fighting, I, I want to say Bellator might have a card in between then, but even, even if they don't, it doesn't matter. I got more albums to review. There's been a lot of stuff coming out, man. Um, Jericho Jackson, uh, the project with Elza and Crisis. I've been listening to that, uh, Black Milk Fever, um, a lot of music, man. Just a lot of music coming out. So, always, there'll be content coming out. So you guys never have to worry about that. I'm dropping, like, two episodes a week. <laughs> Something crazy like that still. Um, so, yeah. Just, just be on the lookout. More content. Always coming every week. I'm trying to give you guys something to listen to every week. Uh, whether it be music or me and the Antaku covering fights. And, uh, you know, we appreciate the support. Make sure you guys share. Uh, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, as always, the podcast can be listened to on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. Um, also, check us out on Google Play. Send emails to dojotalkpodcast at yahoo.com. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Serial Sensei on Twitter. And if you want to hit us up on Facebook, just go to the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. And you can find us there as well. So that has been it. This has been another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I am your host, Serial Sensei. And hopefully I will catch you guys soon. Peace.